Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, weirdos. It's Rachel. So unfortunately, bad news first, we do not have a regular episode for you this Wednesday. But Jess is here with me. Hello. <laughs> and we are going to do a special little Q&A and short voice message review just to give you something fresh in your feeds. And don't worry, we'll be back next week with part one of our live show, which is uh, our excuse for being too busy to record another full episode this week. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> live entertainment. It takes a lot of efforts. It really does. By a lot of people. But it was so much fun. It was amazing. We should start by just talking about how much fun the live show was. It was great. So many people dressed up. Like, the costumes were impeccable. It's true. I was Mary Toft. I wore, like, a vaguely reminiscent of a medieval peasant gown. Yeah. And bunny slippers because she was a scam artist who pretended that she was giving birth to rabbits. Our winning costumes were, they dressed up as the the mushroom death suits, but they also, it was a couple, and one had a falcon sex hat. It was, you know, a falcon on her hat. And then her partner had a Millennium Falcon Mm -hmm. sex hat. Yeah, iconic. Yeah, really iconic. Also my... Fiance Oliver. I was just going to bring that up. I loved his costume. He like walked into the green room and he was like, can you tell what I am? And I was like, it took me a second because it was so complex. It was. There were layers. Layers indeed. I was talking to somebody who came to the show. We met a lot of awesome fans, by the Mm -hmm. way. But she was like, he clearly took so much care, like sitting at home, cutting out those little shapes of maggots and cheese. He went as the entire first episode of our first live show. Mm-hmm. So there was the great dairy fire. Yeah. There was the fistula cow yes. slash man. And there was the jumping maggot cheese. Yeah. So he wore a flaming polyester shirt. Okay. When he walked in, I literally thought he was, I asked him if he was Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Jason Letterman, he had floated the idea of somebody dressing in a Guy Fieri shirt with a just a cheese head. 
on oh, that's to funny. be the dairy fire. Yeah. But Oliver decided that wasn't complicated enough. Definitely. He, when he is doing a visual pun, yeah. he's he he loves groaners. Yeah. He likes making me like upset at how bad his jokes are. Totally. And this one, it was pretty bad joke. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, somebody was like, oh, he's sitting there like cutting up the little maggots at home. And I was like, no, he didn't do any of this at home because he wanted me to be surprised. Seriously? He was, like sitting at work cutting up those little maggots. <laughs> wow. So I respect it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we even, we for the first time ever, we planned an after party, which was ambitious of us given that it was Halloween. But the thing is that caveat always has a really tight turnaround for the next show, and so we can never stick around and chat. So I was supposed to have gotten us guaranteed space at a bar, and it turns out they did not hold up their end of the bargain. Oh, my God. So uh, it was quite packed there, and I think many people immediately fled the scene. If you attempted to come to the after party, I apologize. I immediately tried to talk to management and the bouncer, both of whom were extremely nice to me, but then were toothless. Wait, seriously? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, because they, like, they were super nice because, I, you know, I was nice because I knew it wasn't, like, the fault of these men that I was totally. talking to. But I was like, look, here's the situation. I know we don't have an exclusive agreement. Like, I know this is a free thing. Yeah. But I was ensured that right. the, the way the party room works here is that, like, we would share it with maybe one other party yeah. and that you would know that there was capacity for all those people down there. Mm-hmm. And clearly what was happening was like it was Halloween and people were just packing in down there and there was yeah. like a drunk dance party happening. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were like, OK, yeah, we totally understand. Like this is not what you were told to expect. You brought all these people here. We'll tell the bouncer that anyone who's not in one of the two parties that's supposed to be there has mm-hmm. to leave. And then the bouncer went down and mumbled some stuff at some people and nobody left. So Oh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of traffic noise in our studio sometimes, and we often just have to pause <laughs> Quite often. and wait for it to pass. We're on 34th, 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, we're in the middle of Cape Town on a Friday afternoon, so mm-hmm. we're really beholden to the, the whims of midtown traffic. Yep. And we've gotten really good at hearing yeah. the beginning of a honk. It feels like a superpower at this point. <laughs> sometimes we'll <laughs> look over and Jess is just... I we'll, we'll have to put a photo on the Insta <laughs> yeah. of, of the please pause for traffic noise face. Totally. So yeah, to the like 10 people who stuck around until we decided to give up and migrate upstairs because there were few enough of us that that was fine. I had a great couple of hours hanging out with you. It was super fun. I think some of us are going to Burning Man, which is a thing I never thought I wanted. Um, but I was convinced. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so come to the next live show. Yeah. TBA soon. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I had to tell you, I spent my whole life being like, Burning Man, don't eat it. And it took Benjamin and Lauren like 30 seconds wow. to have me on board. What did they say? <laughs> they just, they're just big weirdos and they had compelling arguments yeah yeah that's like a whole experience burning man yeah well who knows maybe i'll be there (laughs) tell us all about it maybe we'll all be there there you go weirdest thing live live show show. (laughs) cool so there are a few fun things that we are going to share with you right now so we are always asking people to send us questions and very few people ever send them which in my darker days, I think is because we have no fans and people are interested in us. Yeah. But um, <laughs> last night, 
proved that is not the case. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it just feels like we're in here and we're like doing our thing and it's like just for us. <laughs> but then like you go to that live show and you see all those people who like are fans. Yeah. People would come from San Diego, from Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Oh my gosh. Somebody at the live show said that she had come from Puerto Rico just for the live show and then she had to leave to catch her flight before the show ended. Yeah, back to Puerto Rico. And she came up to me and Eleanor. Eleanor and I were just like so shocked, like (laughs) frozen and crying because she was so nice. Please send us a message, whoever you are, because we would love to, you know, send you something or just just say thanks for being such a good fan. Totally. We love it. We We love to see it. And thank you so much are making the trip. I don't know. Maybe we'll do a live show in Puerto Rico. Who knows? <laughs> we can just do it. Get Tropical. on a cruise ship. Let's. <laughs> oh my God. Live cruise tour. <laughs> what if in like 20 years, <laughs> podcast hosts are the new like cruise ship oh, entertainment? My, honestly? I'd dig it. Yeah. I'd do it. Like Broadway stars being put out to pasture on cruise ships. Yeah. That's where we'll all be when we're over the hill. Catch us uh, in the Bahamas. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. So anyway, we always ask for questions. Please send us questions anytime, anywhere, in a five-star review on Apple, in an anchor voice message, in a tweet to Weirdest Underscore Thing, in our Facebook group. Weirdest thing. That's it, I guess. But Instagram. Or, yeah, Instagram. So after much pleading and begging and soliciting and badgering, I did manage to get some Q&A questions. And we also have some fun voice messages to go through. Amazing. And then next week you'll have part one of the live show and it'll be spooky and great. Tell your friends. Okay. So these are from my Insta. Username at Crimity asks, what fact do you absolutely want to talk about but can't find enough info on? Mm. Do you have any that come to mind, Jess? Not immediately. For a while, my live show fact that you'll hear next week, I really needed to find some depth Mm. with, and I did find some in the nick of time Mm. um, about the witch's teat. Catch it (laughs) in about seven days in your feed. So that one was, you know, it was a white whale that I really achieved (laughs) there. You caught. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You did it. What about you? I mean, I feel like I'm constantly coming across interesting historical figures Mm -hmm. that like there may be a scientific or medical angle to what they did Mm -hmm. but it's really hard to get enough info i think the thing is that i usually kind of just go with it anyway yeah the time the thing i'm thinking of is when we did a live show and my fact was about a lady art scammer yeah who was trying to like she told people that she could teach them how to like mimic the secrets of the renaissance painters Mm -hmm. renaissance masters and i had gone into this like super excited and it it was a cool story but it just didn't end up having the science angle i expected Mm -hmm. to wrap it up with yeah and i just made the decision that it was an interesting enough story and that the takeaway that you know, I kind of thought I was going to be able to say something about the way paint had changed or the way use of color had changed. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I was going to be able to find some answer to to what the Renaissance masters had done differently. And the answer was just that they'd been better painters yeah. than the guys who were famous for painting uh, at the time this lady art scammer was doing her scams. Yeah. Which I was like, that's an important resolution. Yeah. It's just not 
the thing that I kept digging around looking for. So I'm sure there are facts that I'm not thinking of that I did the same thing. But then, like, I was like, this isn't a good enough story on its own. I'm not Haven't gonna... you wanted to do a roller derby fact for a long time? That's an answer to another question. Oh, was... <laughs> OK. <laughs> we'll put a pin in that. OK. Thank you for that question. Lovely. Another one from Insta is from Margot. And the question is, how do you smash the patriarchy from inside the science lab? That's the best place to smash the patriarchy from. Mm. But seriously, the (laughs) systemic (laughs) biases of all sorts in science, you know, are as baked in as the systemic biases everywhere in society. You know, the fact that for basically all of history until the last ah, 50 years, Mm. most science in the mainstream scientific literature was being done by relatively wealthy white dudes. Like, that means something. Not having a diversity of perspectives and backgrounds affects the things you think are worth asking and the way you interpret the data that Mm -hmm. you collect and the, the kinds of things that become dogmatic and that we continue to hold on to, you know, from textbook to textbook. So, like, of course... Science is not a white Western thing. You know, it was pretty much invented in, like, the Middle East and Asia. Mm. (laughs) Not pretty much, literally. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, in the last few hundred years, the scientific establishment has has shifted to being, you know, extremely Western and European and Mm -hmm. white and male and rich. And that's beginning to change over the last few decades and is finally, like, really changing in a meaningful way. And that's important. We're learning things that people didn't even think to ask about before. We're reevaluating things that people didn't bother reevaluating. I mean, the reason I keep talking about the American eugenics movement on this podcast is because I want listeners to think about what they take for granted as being, like, reasonable. Mm -hmm. Because for years, most Americans and definitely most American scientists and doctors thought eugenics and even forced sterilization was reasonable. Oh, and then there's the fact that, like, for most of scientific history, we just didn't study people who weren't men of European descent. Yeah. And that leaves huge holes in our data. But, yeah, you can break down all of the systems of oppression from inside the science lab and everywhere. Yeah. Go, Margo. I assume you're saying this as someone in a science lab. We're not in a science lab. No. Because that's the other way I could interpret that. And I must clarify. (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) We're in a room lined with foam. (laughs) From Jesse on Insta. What drives your curiosity? Would you have Hank Green or Siri Riley as on as a guest? You are amazing. Well, thank you, Desi. We wow. are. I mean, you know what? Hank, call me. Whatever. Yeah. We, we love it. I can only assume Hank Green is an obsessive fan, and that's why I've never met him. We do have one writer who's a big fan. I hope. She put us in her book. Oh, yeah. What Jody Peacock. Yeah, Jody. Yeah, she wrote My Sister's Keeper. She's a big deal. She is a big and deal. And she was like, I literally just put this podcast into the manuscript for my new book. Hope we don't get cut. Oh, my God. I hope we're not bad in the book. Oh, my God. What if she turned us evil? <laughs> I I assume it's a, like, very brief reference. I hope it's not someone being like, ugh, the, the vocal fry on this podcast <laughs> my friend likes. Side note, 
and then there was a murder. Yeah. If, if we do play a major role, I insist on being played by Aquafina in the film adaptation. <gasps> oh, I hadn't thought about who I wanted to be played by. Also Aquafina. <laughs> Yes. It's, it's now a one-woman show. We are all Aquafina. I'm here for this. Now I need this. <laughs> or just the cast of Hustlers. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. What drives our curiosity, Jess? Oh, right. I don't know. My natural state of being as yeah. extremely curious. I've always been extremely curious. My dad's a mechanical engineer, and my mom is an OBGYN. And so we always just talked about a lot of very complicated stuff. One time when I was seven I had just learned about circumference and diameter and I mm. I needed to know which was which right and I couldn't remember and I asked my dad and he spent half an hour explaining the concept of pi to me <laughs> instead that was not what I needed to know right love my dad <laughs> like thanks for that but yeah I just always I've always loved telling stories I love making people laugh and I love helping people learn things and trying to make people enjoy learning things as much as I do. So I guess that drives my curiosity. Yeah, I think I have a similar answer. Like, I I agree. I always, like, love teaching people stuff and, like, telling stories and all that jazz. I also just have, like, have a ton of pet interests. Like, I like getting into stuff. Yeah. Whether that's, like, video games or, like, skincare or, like, some book. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of stuff to get into. My hobbies. Books. (laughs) Books. I read. (laughs) My favorite movies. Books. (laughs) Yeah, we just just like weird stuff. We're bizarre people. That drives my curiosity. I just want to be more bizarre. Mm -hmm. Someone named Jason. Some loser. Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting. (laughs) He asked whether there has ever been a fact that we absolutely loved but couldn't use on the show. So this is the answer that's Roller Derby. So as longtime listeners might know, I have been very passionate about getting less mediocre at (laughs) Roller Derby for a couple years now. I've broken a limb. I've gotten a lot of weird bruises and made a lot of great friends. Oh, good sports. The best sport. And I'm very bad at it. (laughs) But you know what? I've improved thanks to the help of New York's finest Roller Derby players who are the best in the world. I mean, you know, among the best. Yeah. They're the best. <laughs> and a couple years ago, I read uh, a book by a friend from Derby who's uh, Margot M. Atwell, mm-hmm. and it's called Derby Life. Really recommend it for anybody at all interested in the sport. And yeah, roller derby has a super fascinating history that's mm-hmm. related to walking marathons, like the one that Claire talked about yeah. on the episode. The whole time I was like, oh my God, I want to talk about roller derby. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't didn't spring out of you. Yeah. Well, it's just it's like there's no good like 20 second version of of the connection. Totally. And I didn't I didn't want to take the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. (laughs) But yeah, that's something that I'm like one of these days I'm just going to say it and do my fact about the history of roller derby, even though there is absolutely no science angle. Yeah. I've thought about covering it similarly to the way I covered the history of bikes Mm. where like There was a really interesting medical angle there, right, where in our episode with Bill Nye, I talked about how physicians worried that women were going to, like, get a permanent condition called bicycle face. Yeah. (laughs) That was basically the result of liberation. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, they were like, it's going to make you scowl. It's going to make you (laughs) ugly. And they also really didn't like that women were, like, putting on pants to ride bikes. And there was kind of a similar panic over 
roller skating where they were like, these youths are going out and doing it in mixed company. They're using it as an excuse to hold hands. Their chaperones can't keep up. The horror. <laughs> and then also they were like, women fall and their skirts go up. Mm, and, embarrassing. Yeah. So it, it was like an inherently like slutty yeah. sport, which is true. <laughs> I love that, though. <laughs> I'm into that. There isn't – I couldn't find a, as perfect a, like, medical angle as with as with biking. So, uh, yeah, one of these days. So then a couple of these questions actually come from Ruth Hunger, who's a Northeastern student who is writing a story about us for StoryBench, their publication. What? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Surprise. Oh, my God. I love that. So that should be out shortly after this episode goes up, if it's not up already. And I asked her if, like, any of the questions she asked me hadn't made the cut. And she graciously uh, shared those with me. So uh, one of her questions was, how do you go about choosing your guests? Oh. My answer to her was, like, literally anyone I can think of who might say yes. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) But, like, you know, we're always trying to get, like, a diverse set of perspectives, people who have slightly different areas of expertise than we do, different sense of humor, different levels of vocal fry, I don't know, (laughs) Uh, different audiences. You know, obviously when we have guests on, we always hope that when we expose our listeners to the guests, they will like find new, exciting media to enjoy Um, and vice versa. You know, we're always thinking about who are guests that maybe have audiences that have not heard Weirdest Thing before and would maybe listen to an episode. So that's like pragmatic angle. But honestly, just like I just have brought on people that are fun to talk to and who I've met before. The exception is Jen Gunter, who I had wanted to meet and had never, that had never happened. We were like mutuals on Twitter, but had never had any reason to meet. But because of her book publicity Mm -hmm. efforts, her PR person reached out to me and I was like, yes. "Yes." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad we got here. That was a great episode. Yeah, so fun. But yeah, mostly it's people I'm friends with or people who I'm just like, oh, you know, I'll give it a shot. And yeah, you know, we get like we get mixed reviews on having guests on. Sometimes people are really into it. Last night, a fan told me at the show, they were like, I hope you don't keep having so many guests on because I love it when it's just just the gals. That's the usual gals. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And they weren't saying like they were bad episodes. Right. At all. The the chemistry and when our usual cast is so good. Yeah. Which is really, really flattering. Totally. That that our listeners aren't looking for us to like jazz it up it's very jazzy already (laughs) so I did get one voice message that was just shout out to Bill Nye he's a great dude oh yeah and I was like he doesn't run this account yeah he will never hear this (laughs) no he will not Next time I see him, that will not be at the top of my list. Yeah, really. Okay. And Ruth's other question had been, do we ever feel a pull to cover big issues when important news breaks and like abandon the usual format of the show? And I don't because we cover all the important news online. Yeah. This is like we obviously get into some like dark and intense and timely topics. But on the whole, it's like a fun, comforting. Yeah. It's entertainment. It's an escape. Yes. Yeah. It's where we talk about what we want to talk about. Whereas like online, we might be like forced to cover what we need to cover. Right. I mean, people need to know things. Of course. So and it's our job. Yeah. But that's not what Weirdest Thing is for. It's not the most important thing I learned this week. (laughs) (laughs) So and I think that's what makes this difference from so many like science news podcasts, which Mm -hmm. of course are also great. And important. But yeah, somebody, actually the same fan who, I'm trying to remember who it was I talked to because I talked to a few people, but I think this was Matt. And he had said that he likes it better when there aren't guests because we're his faves. And that was very nice. But he also, he described the show as like 
a, a comfort, like a, a weekly. It's oh. very soothing. And I thought that was so nice because I, so nice. I don't feel like I'm being comforting when I make yeah, a show. I feel right. like I'm just being a weird butthead. So yeah, right. I'm glad that people uh, that consider so this a nice escape. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm happy to say that this is like the one area of my career where I do not care about what the big news was. Yeah. So if you want some news, check out our sister podcast, Techathlon. Mm-hmm. From our Facebook group, Spencer asks, what's a weird fact that you found to be the most useful or has helped you at some point? Was there the time that we were talking about vitamin C and scurvy? Yes. And we talked about skincare? Yes, but I cut it for time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that did come up. Yeah. And I think it was, it was oh, Sarah, Sarah was, well, with Helen Saltzman. Yeah. It was Sarah, amazing. Yeah. But Sarah, I think, was like, I've learned so much about yeah. vitamin C and skincare now. Totally, because I had to go on a vitamin C skincare rant. Yes. You you raised your <laughs> finger and I said, turned I on your mic. I something to add. <laughs> I love when that happens. So that, that was some news that Sarah is probably using on her already glowing skin. Yeah, her skin is good. <laughs> she doesn't even need vitamin C. <laughs> we miss Sarah. She's, I know. I miss her. And I'm trying to think if there's anything that like I've come away from the show being like, wow, thank goodness I know that. I will say Claire's 10,000 steps fact. That's true. Like I used to really look at my steps all the time and like base, I don't know. There is some kind of like internal, like I have not successfully completed the day. Totally. Yeah. And that fact made me stop caring. Yeah. It was very freeing. Mm. Yeah. 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 Other than that, I'm not really sure. It's true that most of our facts are like pretty out there. Mm-hmm. I have heard from a few people who found my episode about face blindness super validating. Really? And like helpful. That's good. In realizing that their brains are also weird. So yay. Yeah, that's great. Kate on our Facebook group asks, what's your background? How did you end up writing for Popsi and on The Weirdest Thing I Learned This Week? Hmm. My background. So I was born in the Delaware Valley, <laughs> the farmlands of Vineland, New Jersey. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I was once Adams in other places and now I'm a human lady. And um, <laughs> somewhere along the way, I kind of always assumed I would be a scientist. And then I got really into writing, but I didn't think I could ever like make a living as a writer. And then... I went to college. I was a wee baby at the time. Mm-hmm. I went when I was 16. I went to Simon's Rock, Golamas. Fellow alums include Ronan Farrow, Roman Mars, the Coen brothers. Though I don't think they liked it there. Oh. And me. <laughs> That's it. End of list. It was a small class. And we were many different ages. <laughs> no, it is a really tiny school. And I spent most of my time wading around in ponds. I thought I was going to do environmental science, mostly because it was like really interdisciplinary and I didn't want to specialize on anything because that sounded boring and I didn't want to teach because that just wasn't my style and I really liked mycology and a lot of very weird esoteric things and then I ended up going to grad school for science journalism where you get to just learn weird esoteric things all the time and it turned out that was a really good fit for me I was briefly at Quartz then I launched a blog for the Washington Post that was their irreverent silly science not always silly, but I did write a whole lot about poop. There's still people who will tweet me being like, this big poop story and Rachel Feltman isn't covering it. And I'm like, I have been mostly editing for three years. Yeah. I'm sorry I've let you down. But yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not churning the constant content mill on the poop beat anymore. It's true. I'm just not, not in the daily poopsmith grind. It seems like the people miss it. <laughs> One day I shall return to the <laughs> 
no, I still write about poop sometimes. Obviously, I went I went to Ohio to tour the secret Charmin poop labs. Yeah. But yeah, and then um, I ended up at Popular Science because I thought it would be cool to work on a magazine in, you know, the year of our Lord 2017. Yeah. Actually, it was 2016. Oh. And um, Time flies. Yeah, it really does. It's my three-year work anniversary. Today, it, is. it is. Oh, my God. Congrats. Thank you. It's been a great three years. Yeah. In digital media, that makes me... I'm like, you know, they're like ready to send me my retirement watch, you know? Yeah. Put me on a cruise. Yeah. <laughs> In the Bahamas. I was going to say, the Bahamas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we started talking about audio. I love listening to podcasts. I mean, especially fictional podcasts because I stare at screens and words all day. And so reading fiction and watching TV is enjoyable for me, but not something I want to be doing constantly. Mm. So I found that, you know, the recent resurgence of audio drama was really up my alley. I love shows like Archive 81, The Magnus Archives, a lot of great shows with Archive in the title, Mm. The Big Loop, anything Paul Bay touches is gold, Love You Paul, Caravan, really fun show, Ars Paradoxica. So, yeah, I wanted to make a podcast, and our editor-in-chief was like, Science podcast. Give me an idea. And the first idea I had was weirdest thing I learned this week. Wow, one and done. And then <laughs> and here we, we are. Have the nail on the head with that. <laughs> I was in Adams and other places, and now we have this podcast. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jess? Jess oh. went to the same grad school as me. Yeah, I did. I don't know. Let's see. Where did it all begin? I studied biology in undergrad at University of Pittsburgh. Go Panthers. Um, <laughs> they would butcher the llamas in more ways than one. Simon's oh, Rock is not known for our ugly. sports teams. <laughs> yeah. I played volleyball in college, which was very fun, a fun time. But I was always really into science. I thought I maybe would be a scientist, maybe be a teacher. And I just took writing classes because I enjoyed them. And it was like a GPA booster, honestly, because it just came very naturally to me. <laughs> and kind of not even till like my junior, senior year, I was like, oh, like science writing is a thing. And I did a few internships right out of undergrad at Science Magazine and NPR. And then I ended up going to NYU, like Rachel. And yeah, my first job out of graduating grad school was here at Pop Sci. We were so happy to have you. Oh, I'm so, I just, yeah, I feel so hashtag blessed. Um, <laughs> I mean, I loved interning here too in grad school, so felt like a natural fit. Mm-hmm. Well, and like tell folks how you came to become the all-important caregiver of oh, yes. audio at right. Weirdest Thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just always something that I've enjoyed doing, like, production in general. And I, you know, I, that was something I did learn a little bit in grad school, and I learned a little bit as an intern at PopSci, like, a year and a half ago. But, yeah, I've just, I've been the producer, I guess, for, I don't even know how long. Probably, like, close to a year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's... Like one of my most favorite things about my whole job. Yay, me too. I love doing this show. Yeah, it's an amazing, yeah. Like it is. It feels like an escape from yeah. all the scary things. Yeah. So I I love being part of it. It would not exist without you. <laughs> Nor you. <laughs> just a pile of broken twigs. Um, so, okay. There are just a couple voice messages that I'm going to share that just delighted me. So they will also delight you. I'll play just these two. 
Hi, Weirdest Thing Teen. My name is Fozia. I live and was born in Nigeria. And I'm so excited to finally get around to sending you this. Yay, you have fans in Nigeria. Um, <laughs> I can't definitely be the first because I've shared your podcast with everybody I know. And it's usually after my worrying them with certain bits of information that I've learned from you. And I was like, you can learn it too. <laughs> and so I was just going ahead and shared it with them, with a bunch of my friends and family who were initially worried about my well-being and where I was getting all the information from. But thanks so much for educating me about a lot of the things that I sort of used to take for granted. And I appreciate it. Y'all keep doing what you do. Wow. Yeah, I just loved it. Me too. That's a really lovely message. Thank you so much for sending it. And thank you for sharing the show. I don't think we're going to make it to Nigeria soon. But one day. A cruise. (laughs) A cruise. Cruise the world. (laughs) Um. But yeah, and you know, listeners, if you, you know, we also had that message from a listener in Mexico that similarly was like, yeah, I don't know if you know you have listeners down here. And like, we do have some, we have like a dashboard we can look at, but we only really see the countries that have like many, many people listening. And it's so much better to just hear from you guys directly. Yeah. So if you live in a place where you're, you think we would be surprised to know we have fans, please let us know. We love to hear from you. And thank you so much for listening. Okay. Now, this message is in a league of its own, though. Oh. Because it's from a celebrity. Hi, I'm Liam from Australia. And this is the weirdest thing I learned this week. There is an Australian turtle that can breathe through its bum. Because of this, the Fitzroy River turtle can stay under water for 21 days i love weird things and turtles oh my god it's liam i also love weird things and turtles liam is our favorite fan oh my god for people who don't know a while back liam's mom and the only woman i will ever refer to uh by her relationship with a man because i feel (laughs) that being liam's mom is a high honor it is um she posted while we were on hiatus saying we unfortunately have caught all the way up, which means, you know, and we listen in the car all the time. And today I tried a different podcast and Liam said, no, mom, where are the girls we listen to? Yes. <laughs> and I know we've shouted out Liam on the show before. Thank you for calling in. Yeah. It's really lovely to hear from you. And you are absolutely right. There is a turtle that breathes through its bum. Turtles have cloacas, which, you know, it's, it's like one hole for all the stuff that all the holes in people's pants do (laughs) one stop shop (laughs) yeah yeah all of the things that are urethras vaginas butts on humans on a lot of like reptiles and birds Mm -hmm. it's just one hole yeah which can simplify things and complicate things you know depending on the situation (laughs) and for some turtles they basically it's the same kind of respiration that like salamanders do and frogs like through their skin Mm. so it's not like the butt is like inhaling air. <laughs> <laughs> Our episode on the fartiste, you know, oh, yes. gets into how a butt can inhale air after a fashion or our smoke enemas episode. Mm. We really, we talk about butts so much. But yeah, it the skin that is doing the oxygen absorption and letting out carbon dioxide is in the cloaca. Right. A.K.A. 
the super butt. <laughs> the all-purpose butt. Oh, my God. I love that. The one butt to rule them all. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think they primarily use it, you know, while they're hibernating because otherwise yeah. turtles will go up and breathe through their oh, mouths. right. Yeah, I think I read something about that too. Like when it's like you said, like when it's when it's the winter and they can't reach the surface. Yeah, and there's an oh God, what's the word for it? It's not hibernation. We wrote about that crocodile that was frozen with its snout out of the water. Yeah, and that was also not hibernation, but something that reptiles do that is similar. Oh, in reptiles and amphibians, it's called brumation. Yeah, um, and it's just you know slightly different process. Same like end goal that you're like using less energy and just kind of chilling out. Yeah. During a time when you would otherwise have to expend a lot of energy just to be alive, right. moving around. And yeah, they'll be like down in the mud, staying toasty relatively. Right. Or in some <laughs> cases, frozen with their snouts yeah. peeking out of the, the ice. But yeah, so some turtles who do this while they're snoozing, hmm. their butts take care of breathing for them. Love that for them. Yeah, I did not know that before you sent in that back, Liam. So thank you so much for teaching me about that. Go Liam. Was there a rooster crowing in the background of I think his? Think either a rooster crowing or a baby crying. Oh, did you think it was a baby? I couldn't quite tell. Okay, <laughs> maybe it was a baby rooster. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Liam, keep being curious and investigating weird facts and sending them our way. Yeah, maybe one day we'll have an episode that's just Liam's facts. I would love that. If you, you know, if you send us like one fact a week, we'll be there in no time. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, but you're the best. Say hi to your mom. Yeah, that's it. That's all I've got. I don't have any messages better than that. Yeah, nothing can (laughs) beat that. So on that wonderful and heartwarming note, thank you, weirdos, for continuing to support our show. Remember that the best thing you can do to show us your love is to leave a five-star review on Apple, even if that's not where you listen, even if you feel like you don't have anything super in-depth or substantial to say. It helps other people find the show because of algorithms and also because, you know, every once in a while we get one-star reviews from people that are just like, these girls have vocal fry or they disrespected the founding fathers or (laughs) they said that science has systemic biases in support of Caucasian men and that's sexist and racist or IQ tests actually aren't dumb. I won't explain what you got wrong about them. I'll just leave a one-star review, for example. So... What can you do about that? You can leave us five-star reviews, even if they just say things like, great, <laughs> love to hear it. It means the world to us. But even if for some reason you can't leave a review, we still love you. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week with part one of our super spooky live show. Catch you then. <laughs>
when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.